You're listening to El Yoshi Did It Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi. I know, like, I honestly didn't have, I had no idea that's what you were 
before when I said I could find you a place to crash or whatever, but it didn't that's, work that's out right. for me. I, I, it was great. I needed a ride in uh, places to stay. Yeah, I mean, I know a bunch of people all kind of all over the place, so it was it worked out good for me. I got to see people I hadn't seen, and I hadn't been a lot of the places we ended up going, so it was cool. I mean, I. I had, I'm gonna have a trouble, I think, like recalling the exact timeline of what we did, but between the two of us, I'm sure you remember like the highlights. We we were supposed to do it several times during the first trip and the second trip, but quite often because you know we have limited amount of budget, so quite often we, we might stay places that is not most comfortable. So I think we're tired most of the time driving and you know. <laughs> It's just variable. It's like we've been really lucky. I think we mostly had like pretty cool situations yeah. where you know you're not sleeping like on the floor, but there it's just hard to go place to place and not get like physically exhausted. You do. You just get exhausted. Sure. It's cool. I mean, I love this getting to see so much stuff. But I mean, it was my first time on the West Coast. Our second trip when I came out here. You know, I'd never come out here before, so it was awesome. But you can't. I, I don't know. Like I walked away from the first one, going like, oh no, I can drive and drive and drive. I'm from truck driving stock. That's what I thought, you know, like, I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm meant for, but man, this second trip, like, it hit me way harder, you know? So, so let, let's go in se sequence the way I remember, but before I, I continue, am. why don't you tell everyone what's your Twitter account? Because you're a musician, you're a singer. Sure. You want to... Yeah, hopefully I'll have something to, like, you know, promote ever. <clears throat> right now, like, you know, it's all new. I kind of want to just find some sort of good original project i'm sure. like i have really eclectic tastes in music and i can kind of i have a pretty versatile voice so i can kind of do different things to me it's more like the quality of the musicians and yeah. the dynamic of like how you guys work together and stuff it's all serendipity so like i just have to go out there and meet people and i'm sure through a lot of times you, you just never know like anyone you meet that's cool even if you have nothing really to do with you know what I'm saying? Like, even if they're not in the music world at all, they just might know someone who's got, sure. like, you know, a lot of talent that isn't doing anything right now, so. So, are you going to answer my question? What's your Twitter? My Twitter? Oh, it's Allison, A-L-I-S-O-N, Shaleen, S-C-H, like, school, E-L-I-N. I have a terrible name, like, in terms of searching for it. <laughs> it's really hard to pronounce, and, like, yeah. from the spelling, no one knows, but, yeah, S-C-H-E-L-I-N is Shaleen. So, twitteraccount.com slash Allison Shaleen. Yeah. Right. One L. One L. And, uh, yeah. So if anyone out there is really, you know, a talented musician, you can hit me up or whatever. Or if just, you know, Or if you need help with the voice work, you always make me laugh by doing yeah. all kinds of different voices. <laughs> I guess you have siblings and sometimes you uh, handle kids and you're good at I handle kids. That sounds terrible, but... Well, yeah, no, it is. It's totally from like working with kids and making them laugh. You do voices all the time, and like I just naturally, like when I'm around animals, I know that's why you even know I do voices because like sure. your friends or whatever that have dogs and cats and shit. I'm always like, hello, you know. I have these like little high pitched funny voices I do just because they like it. The animals are always like, Ee! they get excited when you talk like that. So you're like, yeah, the voiceover work thing. I mean, it, I'm sure it'd be fun. I don't know really much about it, but I would love to do it. You know. All right, so this is the this is, this is the way I remember this because this is October 10th. We're talking about maybe four, four and a half, May. five months ago. So yeah, it was May. So I put the tweet saying, "Hey, I'm going to the East Coast. I'd like to visit a bunch of different cities in the Northeast." In between, waiting for my meetings. Right. 
stuff. I have to have to get a ride and maybe even a place to stay. So you contact my former co-host, Lily. She was nice enough to pass that message to me because you contacted her and say something about if you feel she needs help, let me... Yeah, like I was like, well, if something falls through in Boston, I'm sure I could find you a place to stay, sure. you know. I mean, I live an hour away, but I know enough people. And, and I took you, uh, I think I tweeted to you, I added you, and I think I tweeted to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DM you, direct message, and uh, you sent me your number, and I texted you back and forth, and uh, I think you just happened to be in New York City, and I was obviously, I was. obviously, I'm in Chinatown, New York City. Yeah, I know. So. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was already planning to go visit my friends, and when you said you were there, and then you were... I think you just met, I just I think I just put it out there like dude I have nothing else to do if you pay for the gas I'll fucking drive you around sure so, so. yeah I was going to yeah I need to go see my friend Tom the closest place that you could drop me off was Hudson the city of Hudson yeah because he's in the Berkshires so yeah. he's in like eastern northeastern mass basically so yeah I dropped you off right mm-hmm. kind of near the border Hudson so I knew he was going to be a girl but usually anyone who likes my comedy stuff, they're really weird. I don't think that's true. You, you've said that, but then, like, I've seen, like, a bunch of the girls that come out and are like, ha you know, you were my favorite one, or, like, whatever, say something to you, whether they knew you before or not, have been pretty girls. There's that Asian girl outside of the, outside of Cobb's, Slanted Comedy Night. Remember, she was pretty. Was that there? But those, yeah. are, those are really minorities, though. I'm, that, I'm not telling <laughs> my experience, so you showed up. To give people a description, you're pretty tall of a girl. I guess so. And uh, you can tell by your last name, it's Scandinavian. And uh, you're super white. I am fucking white. Redhead, kind of. I am white. Yes? Yep. So you pick me up, like, wow, you know, pretty girl, you're not the person I kind of expected. I thought anyone who would pick me up and is a girl is usually a monstrosity, <laughs> a beast. So you pick me up, and you know, I, I think when you meet someone first, it's especially in that circumstance, it's, it's a little weird, you know, you don't, you don't, I mean, you, okay, I just felt so helpful, I was like, happy to help, you know, I don't know, I really was, and you were, you had like, a, well, the first time, I mean, I really didn't even get to talk to you that long, which I talked to you a little bit, but that was a short drive, but it was at least like, an hour and a half, two hours from uh, New York City, right? Yeah, it was pretty short. It was maybe yeah, an hour and a half. And then it was really after that, so it was like a weekend went by, and then I went and met you and Tom in Hartford, right? I have a friend named Tom, and uh, I did a, a podcast episode, which I haven't re- uh, released yet. yet. So I didn't know where I was going to go, and the second time you come and pick me up. We uh, went first to New York. We hung out with Tom, we had lunch with him, and he's a comedian up there. Tom, Tom lives in uh, what part of the game? It's the Berkshires, so like northeast Massachusetts, Lenox or Pittsfield, which I think it's Pittsfield. It's very, uh, very green area. Yeah, it's beautiful. And, uh, it's kind of rural, but there, it's there's um, you know, colleges up there and stuff. So it's it's got like a little intellectual kind of progressive western. A lot mass. of colleges. Like, yeah, you also sure. have during the summertime. People who are well off have second homes, vacation homes, and things like that. There's Tanglewood, the like sure. fancy place we go to the symphony outside, and yeah, like some museums. But he does a comedy night up there, and and then the Hookie Lao in Chicopee, which is Western Mass. It's a little, it's not right in that area, but 
lot of big name comedians perform. Yeah, when they come into Boston, they'll do like a night there first. My aunt's been working there as a waitress for 30 years. And where the the places that Tom lives is is very famous for a lot of tons of prep schools, but also uh, Herman Melville, who wrote Moby Dick, he lived there. In fact, he wrote that book in that area. Uh, And Rockwell's from there, the Norman Rockwell Museum is there too. The artist, a very iconic American painter, and in fact, one of the cafeteria is is the actual place that he painted years ago. Yeah. Um, so it's a very scenic and beautiful place, and um, a lot of business catering for vacation. And so it's a very very nice area. So, but we didn't go there. We didn't meet up there. They went there later. But at first, we met, we I met, met at Hartford, Hartford. The South, Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah. That was kind of like the midpoint area we could meet up. Yeah, yeah. So you picked me up, and we were driving to New York City that day. And... It, we had, like, magic parking, first of all. Like, drove into the city, and, like, within a minute found, like, the perfect parking spot. In Upper West Side. Yeah. But I didn't know what was the problem, but I knew we were, we were supposed to have a place to stay, and they fell apart. You had to call one of your friends. I didn't know anybody. Yeah, like I just had nowhere, nowhere to stay, like right in the city. And um, right, so the person I thought I was going to be able to stay with was away, like on, on a honeymoon or something. I don't know. Someone had told me like, something oh, yeah. happened where we, we ended up not having a place. Yeah. And I couldn't stay with any of my friends. So you call one of your friends yeah. who has a documentary, and you want to talk a little bit about him. Oh, he's great. Well, yeah, Michael. Like, hopefully someday you can interview him, just because he's such a character. He's a riot, and he's a really, like, good-hearted guy. But, but what he, documentary he met, was It's it? called Slasher. It was, like, on IFC. It was an IFC movie. And is his name, is it Landon? John Lamp? How do you say John his name? Landis. Landis, that's it. Sorry. Landis. John Landis is very funny, for, uh, very famous for uh, comedy movies. I don't, I, he did Animal House and Blues Brothers, right? I think he did like uh, Trading Places with Eddie Murphy and things like that. But where, but he, I think he's most famous for thriller of Michael Jackson's music video. Oh, okay, all right. So I don't know the exact circumstances, but they ran like he ran into him and right. just decided to do a documentary about him. And he's not like always the most lovable character because you know, I mean, it definitely shows like. What was the your friend's name again? His real name is Michael Bennett, okay, but they Michael call him Slasher because he's he does these slasher sales for car dealerships. He goes all around to like mostly impoverished areas like Detroit and Memphis, I think, is in the movie. But it's got a great soundtrack. And like it's it's really a good movie. And then, you know, a couple years after I saw it randomly with my brother, I was at a, I was playing in, in Pennsylvania in Pittsburgh, like singing, and I was off stage and I heard this voice. I'm like, I fucking know that voice. He has a really distinctive, gravelly loud voice. And uh, it turns out my friend, that I, my, the guitarist in my band, had known him for, oh my fucking phone's going on, had known him for years. Sure. So me and my then wife and I, like, you know, hung out with him a lot while we lived in Pittsburgh. It was cool. He came through there a lot doing the sales and just doing shit for, for dealerships. So now, anyway. Can, can I give the listeners some background? Yeah. I haven't seen the movie, but this is my understanding. Slasher, that's, that's, that's what he does. Basically, he, there are very distressed auto dealers uh, not performing well they're not making any money he's the kind of guy who will show up at the auto dealership turn shit around yes and maybe make some tough decisions maybe even fire people but basically he go in and bring the 
dealership back to profitability. Yeah, no, it's not even like that. Like, it's basically he comes in and moves a shit ton of product, like, in a weekend. He doesn't make any changes, like, at all within the business. He just comes in and he they do these so just mega sales. They have, I think, I think one of the big gimmicks that they use in the thing, and I don't know if this is all, um, if he always does this, but they give away a free car, or like a car for a dollar or something. And it's the biggest piece of, I mean, if you know how car sales work at all, like, when you sell used cars, that's where you make all your profit, not off new cars. Because they have a guy who goes to the auction and buys cars like, you know, I mean, he gets a great deal for a ton of them. Sure. And uh, and then you inflate the price. So if you give away a really shitty car, I think in the movie, like, not to give it all away, but I mean, whatever. It's been out for a fucking over a decade. The, the family is like a black family that gets the zero dollar car and they're yeah. all excited. Like, it's for, like, the college age daughter and shit. And it, like, it literally died on the way home. Like something just, it just stopped running. Right. <laughs> it's like, okay. But now it just kind of shows like, I think one of the ones in the in the film, it does really well. But he, he is, he's like just a natural salesman. You know, like he's not the smartest guy in the world. He's not like, it's just, he's one of those people who are incredibly talented at selling. Sure. Fucking any, I mean, he could probably sell you anything. Obviously cars, like he is, that's his thing. But. Yeah. I think people who buy cars for first time in style, Like, half yeah. the time, like, I've met someone, like, once in passing, but then they talk. 
talk to me a lot, like, on Facebook. I'm not invite. I'm, like, not being like, hey, creeps, everyone, you know, find me, talk to me. But that's really not been my experience, luckily. There are a couple creeps out there, and I just sort of can feel them out, and I just don't talk to them. Sure. But most people end up being cool, and it's women and men. And I've met a lot of friends, like, from being a singer, basically. I mean, it sounds weird, but it's true. A lot of my really good friends were initially just people who saw me sing. And he's one of them. And, he, I, like, sometimes I feel like, oh, bad at how generous people are to me because they really have been very nice and sure. uh, that's what happened with this was Michael wrote back to me and said hey kid, you know hey kid and basically like he had um, Hilton points and would get us a hotel but can, I, can I can I interject this is only my second time seeing you I know I know right the first time barely two hours right yeah. I mean I, I thought you were very nice to do that but we just meet like maybe a week later you yeah. pick me up I'm going this thing that like you know I need to go kind of uh, social obligation because he's in a awkward spot. He's not getting along with his girlfriend or something. Something wasn't right. Yeah. You know? So you showed up and you're getting this hotel room from someone. I'm, see, see, my point of view is you're getting a hotel room from someone I don't even know. I and know. I, I barely saw you. So we we get a room in New York City and then Michael Benefit that I've listened to this thing. Thank you. It's very I know. Nice Thanks, Mike. God. I know, like, this is what I mean, and people are so generous, I'm like, oh my god, I hope at some point I can somehow pay him back for that, but, you know, I mean, it's just a really nice thing to have done for me. Anyway, yeah, so... So we go to a comedy show... So wait, 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 let's back up, because before, after that happened, okay, it's like, alright, we got a place to stay, yeah. and we met up with your friends in Chinatown, we had eaten and stuff, okay, then we're walking, and then we're on the subway, I'm like, something doesn't feel right as I'm walking, you know? Like, it just... I didn't know exactly what it was, but I knew something didn't feel right when I was walking. I sit yeah. down on the subway, and I fucking look, and yeah. I'm wearing, like, six-inch fucking heel boots. Yeah. Maybe not six inches, but, dude, they were really tall, and the heel was coming off of the boot. <laughs> so, I had to navigate the whole rest of the way with, like, a heel coming off. Sure. And then, what, we ended up getting, like, a Gorilla Glue, I think, and I tried to glue it, and... It doesn't work. It didn't work. Like, it worked really, really temporarily. And then it was just like, oh, my God. So I just had to very carefully, like, balance myself right over the center of the heel. I mean, it was awful. You had to walk really slow. And we, we had I was to walk terrified. slow, and it was raining. If and, I went uh, down, I was going to fucking, like, just eat it. Like, I was just going to eat the pavement. And it was. That's right. It was raining. I think I got fucking, like, so stereotypically, like, of a dumb movie. Like, car goes by, splash. Like, I got soaked. Like, it was just an awful. It was fun, but, you know having a fucking a heel come off like what the fuck get splashed and be raining it was a tough time anyway though it was fun yeah so eventually we took a taxi we went to uh, Caroline's very famous yeah, community club fun. in New York City we saw Tracy Morgan I talked to him a little bit because we both had a mutual friends and well, you know I asked about um, a friend of mine Bradley Lewis what happened to him and um, he used to open for Tracy Morgan a lot and he disappeared and Tracy doesn't know but anyway Great show. Uh, I like Artie. Artie Fuqua. Artie Fuqua, another good friend of mine. And, um, it's really funny. He, he opened for Tracy Morgan. It was great. and um, you know, It was a fun night. And um, my friends left. And we went back to the hotel room. So, so this is this is the part that is really awkward. Because I barely know you. Not, barely, not even 24 hours. It's a single bed. It was fucking huge, though. And yeah, honestly, like, I didn't even think anything of it. And I was just, it's like, it was like the night, at the time, the nicest hotel room I ever got. Yeah. I mean, now I've been to Mandalay Bay, which was probably really the nicest one I've ever been in. But 
but it was just such a nice hotel room. I didn't like you. I didn't have any like worry that any you know. I mean, I could. You're I guess not treat. You, you I, just I, don't I, give up. I wasn't worried at all. You were. Like, well, I guess you're not a good judge <laughs> of other people, but so. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, because you like listen to the podcast and maybe you have information. I mean, if you listen to that stuff and follow the show, you can find my Twitter, go on Facebook. I mean, I, I, you know, if yeah. the police have to find me. The I joke was that you're a public figure because when you made fun of it later, not, when you did stand up at Tom's thing, yeah. I was like laughing because I just thought, like, what? You know? I, I don't know. I mean, it, to me, you, yeah, you're a public You're public enough that if I disappear, there's enough, like, you know someone's gonna figure out what happened sure. the chain of events you know so I was I really didn't worry about it I don't know like I'm pretty good at feeling out like the creeps that creepy vibe you know what I mean no matter what like you do have respect for women like that shines through obviously I mean you, you're not gonna be able to talk to someone like honestly like Kimberly or you know what I mean and just I heard the way that you responded to other women like no, he respects women like that's just a, I mean that, I think that, that's something that women can oftentimes intuitively feel it's that, not always like that might that may be so now, but at the time, I mean, you you, you know you you don't know that for hundred percent. I, I guess not. I was too busy going like, oh my god, this is so embarrassing. Like my fucking heel breaks. Like yeah. I'm so in, I'm like as possibly like as as annoying as you possibly can be. I'm being, but with this fucking heel bullshit, and just you know the fact it was raining. Like just everything was like oh. Fuck. So I was just so happy we had an awesome fucking hotel room at the end of the day. I, 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 I just I would just swore because you know we were sharing beds. Sometimes stinks right now, dude. I'm sorry, but it is disgusting. It's fucking rancid. And, and everyone has nothing to do with me. It's just a farmland in this <laughs> central California. It is nasty. It just smells like garbage juice. Well, you know, cow it doesn't shit. smell like cow. No, I cow shit. I can almost like deal with. It's almost like all right. At least it's earthy, but this is disgusting, like garbage. So I'm. This is the part I was worried because, you know, you you don't know the person. You're, you're sleeping one corner and another side. And sometimes when you sleep, you move around. That That's the part I was really worried because I thought maybe move around, all of a sudden my hand ended up glazing your butt or something. And I don't know if you had a Did you just say glazing? It's grazing, but that, okay. that makes sense. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I, I, in the eyes. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I don't know, maybe I, I'm stretching without, because when I fall asleep, I don't know, when I stretch my hands, touch touch your tits or something, or ass or something, or maybe even your neck. I, I think I'm a defensive sleeper. I, I'm, I, I, part of the reason why I have a horrible fucking neck and shoulder pain all the time is because I sleep in, like, the extreme fetal position. Okay. I've been, tr- I try to sleep on my back, and if I'm really tired, I'll wake up in, on my back still, but most of the time, like, it's, I just curl up, like, fists tight, you know, sure. like. I have bad dreams all the time for a reason. For some reason, I just am so stressed out when I sleep. It's awful. So yeah, I didn't notice any lazing or I didn't know anything, but that was <laughs> that's the part I, I panic because it's East Coast. You don't know if a, if a girl have a gun in her uh, purse. If I just stretch an accent and touch some part and she panic, it could have been all an elaborate ruse. Yeah. I could have just been waiting until you fell asleep and then you know start. Yeah, so that's but not of course nothing happened. We woke up next day. What a uh, uh, relief! And I don't even I, do you remember where we went next after that? Because we left New York and we were driving to. We went to uh, wasn't it Atlantic City right off the bat? I think didn't we just go straight to Atlantic City the first time? 
so that's where we went we're first. Gonna, I think so. We wouldn't have gone to Pennsylvania and then Atlantic City, would we? No, that's a, I thought maybe we went to Pittsburgh first. No, that. Pittsburgh is way far, and that was like day, that was definitely not where we went first. Okay. We went to Pittsburgh after Valley Forge, right? Oh no, we went to Pittsburgh first, but Pittsburgh we went. We ended up going all the way there at some point, but it was after Atlantic City. I'm sure of it. So from New York City, we went to Atlantic City. I think so. That makes okay. Not that. That's right. Does that seem right? And then where would have gone? Where because gone? so, uh, if you don't know geography, we if you if you go to Atlantic City, which is part of uh, New Jersey from New York City, you go south. That's right. On the way southbound, we stopped. I think one or two places. We went to Princeton first. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to Princeton. You know, Jersey have this reputation being like, you know, Jersey Shore, uh, loud people, maybe not as pretty or prominent or important like New Wait York. Wait a minute, are we fucking this up? I'm, I'm starting to think, hold on, didn't we, did we, didn't we do Boston and Martha's Vineyard and shit, or no, at least Martha's Vineyard before, and you like, you met Luke and stuff in Boston, wasn't that all first before Atlantic City? Before we went to Pittsburgh? I can't remember now. We at yeah, this point we can't. Saying, we, the timeline is gonna be fucked up. But at, at this point we could just name cities. But I, yeah, I, I you're don't. right. So Atlantic City. We talk about that. So we went Princeton first. And, That's right, Princeton. Um, obviously, it's a city, Princeton, New Jersey, and it's it's very famous for Princeton University, one of the Ivy League. And I don't know if that was the first time you went, but it was my first. Yeah. And it was—it's just beautiful. It's gorgeous. The campus is beautiful, and it, the buildings it, are fucking gigantic, and they're really—they're really like aesthetically just really beautiful, you know. It's beautiful, and um, Oscar to Princeton, where Albert Einstein lived, we went to his building, and it's a beautiful White House. And when we were there, we had three or four. There was three or four people taking picture of Albert Einstein's house, and then right now, I believe it's owned by University Princeton University, and. Usually occupied by one professor at a time, and uh, that is the building where Albert Einstein was working on his, you know, scientific discovery and things it's like same, that. It's the same deal. He lived there while he was working for Princeton. Yeah. yeah. So we were walking around, and it's, it's a beautiful campus. And uh, Federal Reserve Chairman Bernanke was a professor at uh, Princeton, and his specialty was Great Depression. So you know. Maybe you like him, maybe you hate him, but I, I thought he was the most prepared person to deal with financial crisis in 2008. Anyway, boring stuff. So we we went to Princeton and um, we were surprised how beautiful it was. We went to that's right because we were driving up to it and I was like, wow, this is not the New Jersey I think of. Like yeah. New Jersey's honestly, it's fucking to drive through it. It's gross. I'm sorry to people who love New Jersey with New Jersey pride, which I met some, but it stinks. Like the highways stink. And it's not, you know, you look out, it's like, ugh. But there's a part in New Jersey that's really beautiful. There's a lot sure of farmland and, I don't know. Yeah. So we went, we went to Atlantic City because my friend and now your friend, Russell Peters, world famous comedian, was performing. And uh, at um, the Borgata. Borgata, one of the best hotels in Atlantic City. And, uh, you know, you met him and we were hanging out. And it was a great, great show. My friend Yorsi was there. Black African American comedian, very funny guy, but people always get, get confused with me with Yorsi. Yoshi. Yoshi. <laughs> Sounds like an Asian person saying your name, Yorsi. 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 So you met 
Russell's cousin, Shaolin, you met DJ Spinbad. Peter's assistant, and uh, it, it was a fun night. You know, you watch the show. Um, you know, I, I'm a, I have advantage over probably most other people because I have a, access to Russell's show just about any time. And uh, you know, we had we had a fun time. And that night we shared another uh, hotel room, and you know, no incidents. And by then we were getting kind of comfortable at that point. And at this point, I, I it's not I can't remember, and I think. We should just mention places that we visit because I don't. Yeah, think, yeah. I don't think we. Basically, can after a couple of days, you realize I was going to chop you up into pieces, and I. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wasn't really worried about it, but. Yeah, I mean, I proved. I was like, I kept my joke was, I'm not chopped up in the trunk yet. You know, <laughs> I figured it would all be fine, and it was. But yeah, so Atlantic City was great, and I was going to say that the thing I really noticed about. And that was your first time there too, right? Yeah, I'd never been. And it was so different than what I thought. Like, that whole seedy Atlantic City thing. I was surprised how modern, like, a lot of the buildings were. And shit. I think people realize if they're going to compete in um, younger, hip customers, they demand modern hotels and, you know, great show and venues and uh, tons of different... The Bogota was really nice. And it was funny because, like, I would say of the audience, it was a pretty, like, yeah. well-off. Sure. very multicultural audience like a, I mean there were a lot of people remember I mean it was just like swarming with people and you've been to many comedy shows but you, you, you'll probably never see as diverse crowds like oh, absolutely not yeah no it was so diverse and I was really impressed with like him and the people that he has around him just how like genuine and nice they yeah. are and I think it's like it is such a, a, a talent to be able to connect with different endear yourself to everybody too like you sure. find a way to connect with everybody and it's just so charming you know and um without being smart like you know what i mean there's people who are really nice but they're fakeness uh-huh uh-huh like the wide eye thing like sure. but you're not really connecting but like russell's really good at it like he actually i think in, engages so it's it's really a, a palpable thing you're like wow that's a that's an impressive skill and that's probably feeds into his, the way his sure. comedy is too the the crowd work and the mimicry like he can just imitate so many dialects and whatever like he does impressions so well of, of people's different accents you know he's so funny he's dirty without being too dirty you know what I mean like he really walks this impressively subtle line like that's why obviously he's in that what is it the top three earning comedians or how what's what's the exact he's number three terminology in what like 2013 Forbes magazine of top, uh, top uh, money making stand up comic money in the world. Yeah, Number I mean. one is Jerry Seinfeld, and it's hard to beat Jerry Seinfeld because oh, syndication. And uh, number two is some very big Vegas act. He won uh, America's Got Talent or something. Oh, yeah, I know nothing about that guy. And number three is Russell Peters, and I think number 10 is our my good friend, Gabriel Iglesias. So, huh. um, ratio, yeah. his friends are uh, very friendly. I loved watching, like, I have to say, for guys out there that, like, want to talk to these, you know, when you want to talk to a comedian or something, as a guy, you have to think about how creepy you look. Like, I watched some guys, like, be like, yeah, man, I'm going to walk right up, and they just get shut down by, like, his bodyguard or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, you really look like a fucking weirdo. I, I don't know, to me, I would, I, I don't walk up to any celebrity. I feel totally uncomfortable about it, like, 
never want to take pictures unless it's like something that I get roped into. I don't do it because I feel weird about it. I can't imagine what that must be like just to have people. If you want to do something like that. You, I know, I know. And, 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 and if the talent is a heterosexual man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> find a girl to walk up with you so you don't look like a fucking weirdo. I mean, if you're just a single girl want to take pictures of yeah, any, any heterosexual male talent, <laughs> the prettier you are, the higher percentage chance you're going to get a picture with. If you're a guy trying to be a heterosexual man, you know, you gotta you just have to be nice about it, be yeah. patient, and be nice to his security people. It's not that they don't want to help you, but you gotta realize he's just an hour, hour and a half, two hours of show. Hey, this is a show out. It's exhausting. So there's already a bunch of people that like he has to talk to. Like you gotta think every time someone sure. goes out there, like there's people who he might know that he needs to you know, he wants to talk to a little bit, whatever. Like you just gotta think about from their perspective. Yeah. When, the, when you're out in public and people always want to talk to you. I don't know. But it, whatever. It, it, just feel it out and don't be a weirdo. And, like, try to beeline towards them and, like, get by this. That is just, it's so funny to watch it. It's like, oh, because when they get shut down, they're just so embarrassed and have sure. to go, like. You and know, you're not gonna get the picture every time, but, like, just be patient, you know? <laughs> don't don't lie saying you're a friend of Russell Peters. Don't, don't uh, be pushy and telling people who. Don't you know who I am? Don't don't do that. Just be polite, and you know it's it's a gambling city. So he has other obligation to say hello to high rollers and take pictures with him too. So if you're patient and, and if you help, if you have a pretty girl, but be nice, then um, chances are you probably won't get a picture if you're just being patient, you know. <clears throat> so we watch the show, and then uh, like I said, let's go name some of the cities that we uh, in town that we went. Explain to the audience. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean. So let me give you examples. Like, we went to Valley Forge. Okay, yeah. Valley Forge, for those of you um, not familiar, it's in Pennsylvania. It was a very important historically for USA because when the when the General Washington was uh, not doing well, it was a winter time and it was very difficult to fight during the winter. So everyone, both British and American Army, take time off. Valley Forge is a very harsh place during the winter time. Many of those small huts, you know, you're, you're talking between, I don't know, six to 12 people are sharing this little room. Quite often people don't even have shoes on and they're freezing, lack of food. So it's they very, said about a third of the guys had no shoes. Yeah, it's a very, very tough uh, time. And George Washington had to talk to them, keep the morale high so that the, during the spring and summertime they could fight again. So. It's the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania. We we got there, and you know we didn't really pay attention to the map, to the scale. No, we just looked at the little pamphlet and like, okay, we'll walk around. We'll go. I thought maybe half an hour take us to walk. We realized we didn't even finish. I think we only finished two thirds of it. We did finish. We just missed one like swoop, you know, of, of monuments. But we were walking like a little, three hours. We, it took three hours to get around what we did, and we missed. We probably summertime. missed three of the twelve fucking things to go check off as you walk around. So yeah. it's a giant loop, and we were walking around looking at the buildings, cannons, and things like that. But um, it was really pretty. It's, I mean, it, it's very beautiful, and you, you can't even imagine. I was playing mental like games with myself to finish because I was so fucking tired. I mean, I was in pain; like my legs hurt. I was yeah. like, "Oh my god, we just have to get there!" Like I just have to make. I had terrible footwear, like shitty flip flops or something. Like, oh, it was awful. It was like. It reminded me of driving home drunk when I was young in like a snowstorm and just being like, okay, it's like a video game. You just got to get there because it's terrifying. Sure. 
You don't know if you're really gonna make it. <laughs> I don't drunk drive anymore, but I used to a lot. And that was like a, yeah, like a, a mental game you have to play. It's the same deal. I just wanted to get back. So we did, we made it. So we, we, uh, really... we walked down the Valley Forge. Yeah, we walked down Valley Forge. That was great, but I mean, whatever. Honestly, I'm, I was like, yeah. I grew up in New England, so everything is like history, you know, tourism, and sure. you just get so, like, so, it's so you're so saturated with it as a kid there. Like, we go to Old Ridge Village every year, like, multiple times, and there's Salem and Plymouth Plantation and all that shit, so I get, I don't, I don't really check things out. Like, you looked at, like, every single thing in the, in the That's like, why it kind of dragged informational, a long time. oh, it took forever. Like, the information booth, not the booth, whatever, it's like a building. I, I just thought it was really amazing know, living yeah. in that condition. And we were tired and hungry and exhausted. <laughs> and we, we have all that modern amenity, you know. And yeah. I couldn't imagine these men suffering the wintertime with no food and disease. And, and this beautiful place. I mean, it's fucking gorgeous, too. There were people, sure. remember, like, families all over the place. Sure. And, like, just people all... I mean, it's, it's, it's a really beautiful place. But, yeah, these horrible things happen. A lot there. of people spend... My Lost whole family was spent Valley Forge Field and uh, have a nice picnic and um, so you know to, to me it was just really fascinating and amazing and you know thank God General Washington brought the morale back up and uh, following the year or two really hurt the British you know but that that winter was a really critical time oh yeah no sure I mean I appreciate it believe me I just I'm just saying I had probably more of like a like. <laughs> hardship of walking around that fucking thing. I mean, it was just crazy. We had no clue what we were getting into. All I kept thinking was like, dude, fat people and old people must just drop all the time on this walk. Like, they must do the same thing we just did. Start walking it and realize, oh my god, it's so far. So <laughs> I'm sure, like, people must just sit there waiting for a ride at some point. Anyway. So, so let's, let, let's talk about another one that I, was, I really appreciated in Pennsylvania, which is Gettysburg. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, this is very uh, important this year because it's 150 year anniversary this year to uh, 1863, July 1, 2, and 3. And it was a very important during the American Civil War because it was a turning point where North finally turned around and started defeating the South. So basically, this is a General Lee, the Confederate general, his attempt to attack North and General Grant, Ulysses Grant. His defense of North at the town of Gettysburg in Pennsylvania, central Pennsylvania. And it was a brutal war for three days, July 1, 2, 3, 1863. And the casualty was very high. And um, I think it could be one of the most high, the highest casualty in a war battle in North America. So we got there a little late. I think we got there late. It was time. really late. It was after sunset. But the, we got maybe, there and we realized. We had like maybe hour and 20 minutes left. I mean, I mean, it was even more than that, I think. We just got there like expecting that it would be closed. Close. And we wouldn't get to drive through. But it was open to like 10 o'clock at night, which was shocking. But we drove in right as the sun had just set. It was and really can, pretty. And you could drive through the whole field. It's massive. Yeah, it's gigantic. And there's cannons everywhere. Oh. Who fought who? There's one of those uh, eternal flame, and that we kind of pulled over. Oh, yeah, and, uh, right. It's beautiful, but I just think not only for Americans, but anyone visiting USA and Pennsylvania, especially, it's such a beautiful place. And it's, I mean, it's ironic that it's such a beautiful place where horrible, horrible things were done. That's and, right. 
I think you can say that the world over, but it's just uh, because it's like big fields too. Yeah. You can just kind of picture fucking you know the travesty. I mean, honestly, for me, it's like think about it like a movie like Braveheart, where it was like that sort of over there too, like just big gigantic fields with people fucking killing each other like hand to hand and like you know it's not like today. There's no drones. Like you're fucking charging at each other. I mean, it's what an awful fucking way. And then there's just dead bodies everywhere. everywhere. Like, the fucking ground is bloody. Like, it's pretty awful. There are probably so many dying people just, like, surrounded by... I mean, it's kind of, like, overwhelming to think about. And I think one of the famous things is called Pickett's Charge. And I believe uh, General Pickett was for the South. And uh, I think he died there. But, you know, it's... Of course... Thank God the North won because the okay. Union was safe, uh, you know, slaves were free, and uh, Lincoln, although I have to say, I think the top three presidents is George Washington, Lincoln, and FDR. I think Lincoln, to me, was the greatest president because he saved the Union, you know, and Gettysburg was such a critical battle, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just a sucker for this country. Yeah, I um, know, you really I, are. I, You're I, like, I really love... Woohoo, America! But no, I mean... You know, because I wasn't born here. I know, you know? exactly. Like, That's I think what sometimes saying. if you're born, you take everything for granted. And man, I, I, I really was happy about Gettysburg. It's one of my favorite places that I've been in in the States. And uh, it was a spectacular. And, uh, um, no, you know what I was just going to say? Ask you, maybe you know. I mean, I watched the movie Lincoln. The whole buying votes thing. Is that is that what? like a, how, how did, in, did you see the movie Lincoln? How like those guys are basically like buying votes? Oh, Remember sure. That, so that is that like a documented thing, like that he really that absolutely happened? Sure, I mean, there was a lot of shenanigans, and uh, sometimes people coerce to vote the right way. But um, you know, we have a government shutdown right now, and uh, I know. well, that's it. Just goes to show you, though, like corruption is one of those things where. You know, I mean, if you look back, there's probably a lot of people that we consider, you know, the best Americans ever, like Lincoln. But he really, I mean, technically that is corruption. You know, like, he did something that, you know. Sometimes, you know, you, I mean, he, no president is perfect, you know. But oh, sure. It was during one of the biggest crises in the United States history. So, you know, uh, he... There's times he probably violated people's rights, but sometimes in a critical situations, like, you know what I mean? Like, if your life depends on it, sometimes you can't follow every laws, you know? Yeah, and he, I mean, obviously believed in what he was doing so strongly that he was willing to, to do that. And I'm sure there's so many situations where that happens. And, sure. But uh, I, I used to be one of those people that was, like, you know, annoyed with, with America, I guess. Like, I mean, I graduated in 99, so whole Iraq war and everything it was like ugh like really but my view has totally changed like I just I don't know I, I don't have um, I, every, everything is just way too complicated for anything to be black and white there's just no you know right and wrong with, with this stuff it's there's it's just all way too complicated sure. and um, I don't know I don't remember why I said that I just that my opinion of it is different you, you are definitely more like patriotic I am, you know, like, I would say, I just don't have strong opinions. I, I think if you're born here, maybe you expect more, but I've been to forty, little over 40 countries and how horrible a lot of those places were, so I, I think, it's like going to Children's Hospital, no matter how lousy your kid might be, mm-hmm. 
if you go to the hospital and see how much kids are suffering, like, maybe things not as bad as you think it yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. You know? I feel lucky to, to, like, you know, obviously live here and have been born here, obviously. But you're, and, you know, uh, you're healthy, and I've heard uh, you uh, sing. I think you're talented. I have the freedom to live the way that I do. I mean, this is, there's not many places I can do what I'm doing right now as, like, a 32-year-old single woman. And, like, you know, I don't have a 9-to-5 job, and I'm sort of just... That's another story in itself. But, yeah, the point is I'm right here mostly don't. safe, you know? I mean, I can basically, like, conduct myself so that I don't have to worry about getting fucking... Look, this is not Afghanistan and Pakistan where exactly. they're telling It's not even comparable. So, you know, this is a great time for you. Yeah. People live a long time. I can't say, like, I have, I, I have so much... Uh, faith in democracy anymore though I mean it does just it gets kind of like hard to not be jaded about things sure. you know I mean it's just so inefficient and I don't know suspect but, but going back to what you were saying about Lincoln and how questionable how both were using done, those practices right? but it's always been been like that I think the key is just be aware of it don't get paralyzed by cynicism and hopefully for the best, you know? Yeah, it's true. God, we, I mean, that just reminds me real quick as an aside, watching that girl last night on The Daily Show, sure. Malala. Yes. I mean, you just watch a kid like that. She's 16. She got shot in the face when she was 14 by the Taliban because she was standing up for, you know, women's right to have an education. And, like, literally, that's all she was doing. She was in the street with her friends. And they wanted, they had put out death threats sure. on her head. So it was just like... And she lives, in, she lives in the places it's horrible for women. Ugh, I mean, like, the worst it can get. And, you know... And she's she, not paralyzed she's by that. So compo- her, she was so composed and so... She was, like, dignified. I mean, yeah. she's nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize, obviously, for a reason. This kid's really inspirational. And, she, you know, you start thinking, like, wow, like... Fucking hey, this kid... To, to, to be like that after having gone through so much horrendous stuff is really admirable. But, yeah. So, you know... That's all I want for you. You know, you, you've been to California twice. You're gonna move. Yeah. Um, you know. Land of opportunity. It really is. You know, started in 1849 for the 49ers, <laughs> the gold rush. So. So. Yeah, it's, you know, wherever you live, too. I mean, we're talking about America being patriotic. Wherever you live, you you see all the negative, and when you're sick of some place, it's so easy to just focus on that shitty stuff and that's what, like that's where I'm at with New England I'm tired of living in the Northeast you know? I have news for you people who, who were born in California when they restart they go places like Boston yeah. because they're or New so. York yep of course so you're, you're, for me you're, it's you're just, just like born, I gotta... you were just born there so you know you just burned out but yep this change is going to be good for you Allison. oh yeah and most people who criticize America honestly a lot of them have never even left America yeah. I mean some people have and it's easy to idolize other places you know Oh, Europe does it right, or Scandinavia does it right. I mean, and yes, like, it, it does, but listen, it's not, you're, you are comparing apples to oranges to a huge, like, you really are. It's not the same size society with as, you know, the culture is just so much more complicated here because of the, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's no pat answer to any of it. So, yeah, you have to, if you are stuck somewhere, for example, I'm not planning to leave America. It's, it's, there's no point in just being so miserable and negative and cynical. If you if you have problems with your country, you should focus on. I mean, if there's no solution, there's no solution. But you know, move, you gotta look. You gotta look at the positive side of it. You know what I mean? And try to be helpful. If, if it bothers you that much, then try to do something about it. Just try. Because if a kid like that can 
go on these tours and talk about. I mean, she got her fucking face. Half her face doesn't move. Oh, you know? you're talking about Malala. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if she can do that, then you should be able to fucking do something. If it bothers you that much. Me, it doesn't bother me that much. I try to stay aware. So we were, um... I, I so we were, my own problems. So we, <laughs> we went... We I need a cigarette. So we went to Gettysburg. It was beautiful. Um, so that, that was, the, uh, to me, I, I really love that. Then we were also at, um, outside of, maybe an hour away from Pittsburgh, that, I apologize if I got the number right, but United 93 yeah, Memorial. Right. So, I, I want to go there too, but, um, so 9-11-2001, I'm playing. Are you, oh my god, there's someone out there that's never heard the story, you think? No. 9-11 happened. <laughs> no, but I, I just can't assume it. I can't assume anything, you know. But, I know, I know. So, 1993, if I remember right. Whoa. Whoa. 1993. So, basic, basically, the passengers heard New York City was hit, D.C. was hit, and um, they knew that... Um, these terrorists are going to do something terrible. So, collectively, these brave men and women in a plane made a decision to stop the terrorists from using the plane as a weapon. And um, right now, there's people screaming, you know, at their at their radios slash computers or phones, whatever. I'm saying, no, no. Okay, this is my. I wasn't. I wasn't actually <laughs> the plane. I'm just so, teasing. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually teasing. I'm teasing, but it is funny. Like, I guarantee you, right now there are people going like, not bullshit. You know, yeah, yeah. Not okay, the conspiracy people. I mean, I don't know any of it. Sure, but, sure. This is my I thought it was interesting to go to these places. Honestly, my dad is like one of those, you know, he doesn't believe, he thinks it was sure. a fucking conspiracy. But then to go to this place, man, I mean, if it's fake, they sure present it in a very uh, impressive fashion because it looks fucking real to me. The whole, they outline that whole perimeter of where the crash happened. They show you like the, the course and, um, you know, all those people's pictures and stuff. There are let, no let, me, um, let me finish. Um... Oh, aren't you talking about United 93? They made a collective decision to stop the terrorists, and they they crashed. And the crash site was middle of nowhere, and um, yeah, middle of nowhere. And, uh, all right, sorry, a uh, little bit of smoke break. So uh, going back, United ninety three. So I really want to go because that historical place is some, you know it's interesting to me and. I think that was your first time as well. Um, what? I, I was really surprised when I heard that um, there was no kids in that plane. I know, and then ironically, there were like a bunch of families with kids there, which it was so morbid, honestly. Like, you mean like the kids who went to the <laughs> memorial? But, yeah, there were kids but, there, like at the place, and I was thinking, like, now, I mean, that's the first thing that struck me when we saw all the pictures in their little bios. It's like, wow, I can't, they're so lucky that there were no kids. Uh, you know, it had 
they had the man, the battery's almost dead. This one had all the victims in the plane, and um, I mean, to me, it, it was interesting. One of the guy who died from Osaka, Japan, my hometown, yeah, a Japanese guy, and um, you know, they made this tough decision, and God knows what would have happened if they would have hit. I don't know what was the target. I, I think I heard maybe it was DC. They think, honestly, yeah. So they stopped them, and it's just middle of nowhere. It looked like a farm community in Pennsylvania, Western Pennsylvania. Quiet, beautiful place. It took us a long time to find a place, but you know, people were there. Very That's right. Summer. There were no signs. Like the, the GPS took us to the wrong place. There were no signs. We like stopped and asked somebody who lived sort of near it. Remember? That's it, the only reason we ever got there. It was very difficult to find, but we went, and I'm glad that we went because we were walked around, and it was a. It really is a beautiful tribute to people who died, and yeah, you know, I. People left all these letters, like. Yeah, people from all over the world, people from Germany left memento for them, and from, you know, there's Muslim people there, Americans and Asians, and, yeah, you know, it's just, just all kinds of people showing respect. Um, I, I, I found, uh, I really, really, really liked it. It was moving. Remember, too, there was one picture that someone had taken from the area of, sure. like, smoke and shit, and there was, I think there was only, like, one photo. Yes, actually, when they had some, uh, one took their camera now and took a picture and a massive explosion. And it was like pulverized too, yeah. wasn't it? Ugh. It was so loud uh, to them. So um so it looks like I'm I'm running out of batteries and uh, I think what I'm gonna do is stop at this point and I'm gonna put another one batteries and start the second part of this. So um I will um, thanks for listening to this part one and uh, we'll be back with a part two. Thanks, guys. Okay, I am back. And obviously, you could tell by the audio, I am no longer driving. And I am by myself. It's been, gosh, three or four weeks since uh, when I tried to record that episode with Allison, our trips to East Coast, South, and West. And um, I'm, I'm running out of time. So I just want to add this and let you guys know. First of all, it's October 29th. And as I speak, Allison's traveling from East Coast to West Coast, and she should be here by, I guess, Halloween on no November 1st. So if I, any of you listening to the uh, previous episodes and this one, and if you have any way to help her with voice work or music, you know, contact her at Allison Schilling, which is her uh, Twitter account. And uh, you, sh you could also go to yoshiden.com and get her Twitter account address. Uh, it's Allison, A-L-I-S-O-N, Schilling, S-C-H-E-L-I-N. So if you could help her, uh, please help her. And I think we live in America, I live in America, and she lives in America, and people should be, should be given second, third chance. And she wanted to restart her life, uh, pursuing her love for music. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad she's doing it, and uh, it will be a new start for her. So I, w I wish her nothing but the best, and I appreciate she doing my podcast shows. And uh, just a couple of notes before I I, uh, um, I I need to go. But um, this coming Saturday, which will be November second, two thousand thirteen, at the LA Convention Center, uh, I will be doing panel with Chris Gore. Um, I've done many episodes with him, and he's done mine, and I have done his. And it will be Stanley's Comic Kazi, and it will be at ten a.m. November second, uh, twenty third. <laughs> 2013 
and um, I will be doing a podcast on Chris Gore's podcast. And uh, panel title is that Chris Gore podcast. Date Saturday, time ten a.m. and room three zero three A B. A as in apple, B as in banana. So 303AB, 10 a.m. this coming Saturday. And most likely I'm releasing this episode October 31st, uh, which is Halloween in the States. So um, I apologize. I, I don't quite remember what I was talking about uh, with Allison. I, I'm, I'm sure we were talking a lot about the East Coast. And uh, um, I would like someday when I have a chance to sit down with her, maybe we do a better descriptive um um, story about what happened in travel, but new development. I I know. I'm sure I talked about with Allison. Uh, we drove to Greenwich Village, uh, Greenwich, uh, Connecticut, where um, the murder of Martha Moxley, which was um, uh, uh, you could read about it uh, in a book by Mark Furman, former LAPD detective, a great detective. Um, I suppose notoriety because of the. Um, O.J. Simpson case, but nevertheless, I think he's a terrific um, detective, former detective, and uh, he wrote a book, a great book called Murder in Greenwich, and it's been a while since I read the book, but my impression of reading the book was Michael Skakel is guilty, and he uh, murdered Martha Moxley in 1975, but unfortunately, uh, I guess it depends on who you talk to, unfortunately, Moxley family, uh, there, there sounds like there's going to be a retrial of Michael Skakel. He was convicted, I believe, 2002, and um, um, he, uh, I don't know quite the detail because I've been traveling a lot. I haven't read it, but um, I, I guess they believe the Skakel family believe that he wasn't. He didn't receive a fair trial. So at, at, as of October 29th, 2013, there's a great chance that there's going to be retrial. And uh, um, my personal feeling is, after reading the book, I, I just feel the guy's guilty and um, he's trying to get away with murder. So. I have all the nothing but sympathy for Moxley family, and um, I hope this is not going to be like a circus act. But um, I, I hope uh, if there's a trial, he will be convicted again. So anyway, um, uh, I also want to thank all the people who helped me and Allison travel uh, last three, four, five months, um, uh, including my good friends, the Buck family up in uh, Saint Helena. California, and um, they have a wonderful theater called Camille Cinema, which is 1340 Main Street, St. Helena, California. It's the only single screen theater in that area. It's one of the oldest ones in the country. It's over 100 years old. Uh, Robert Redford and Francis, uh, um, um, Francis Ford Coppola premiered their movies at her wonderful theater. So if you have a chance to go see a movie in St. Helena in Napa Valley, please check it out. Um, and uh, Rosie Tran's mother, she was kind enough to host myself and Allison in New Orleans. And uh, it was a very uh, wonderful time in, in New Orleans when I was spending time with uh, Rosie's mother. And she, she couldn't be a nicer person, and uh, um, I, we, we thank her for that. So um, I guess I don't really have a lot more to add. Um, I, I, I think one of these days I would like to sit down and tell you all that trips when we, Alice and I, we travel, when we traveled to South, we drove from Atlanta, Georgia to Charlotte, North Carolina, and I spent time with Kimberly Muttley's family. Couldn't be a nice, I mean, they're just wonderful family, all American family, and her husband, Claude, 
very kind, uh, wonderful person to talk to, and we spent a lot of time talking about Breaking Bad. That, w- that was a lot of fun, and Kimberly's kids are just uh, very smart, very ambitious, and uh, sweet kids, and I wish them nothing but the best, and her, Kimberly's oldest daughter seems like interested in going to Oxford, so, I, uh, you know, this is just a great um, great thing for her and her family, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing Kimberly this coming Sunday. She will be in L.A. November 3rd and 4th, so it'll be nice to see them before I leave for Sweden, and I am moving to Sweden for at least three months. Uh, I'm leaving within seven to eight days. And I'll be there for three months. So if you're listening to this and you just happen to be have an interesting guest or suggestion to places to visit in Scandinavia, uh, let me know. If you email me at dumbyoshi at gmail.com, D-U-M-B-Y-O-S-H-I at gmail.com, or tweet to me or Facebook me. But I'll be mostly staying in Stockholm with my friend Adil. He owns a wonderful restaurant called La Kakaracha in Stockholm, and he's a comedian as well and his friend Aaron. So we're most likely be doing podcasts in Stockholm. Hopefully at least one episode per week. And um, I'm looking forward to doing it. Hope to meet some some other fans in Sweden as well as Copenhagen, Denmark. I'm pretty sure I'll be there for at least a week. I have friends down there. And um, I, I would like to go Oslo, Norway, but boy, I, I don't know if I have the money to do it. But if you have, if you just happen to have an interesting guest in Oslo, Norway, and and uh, you wouldn't mind doing it or know someone who would be interested in doing my podcast, contact me and uh, I'll do my best to travel up there. I've been to Oslo and Bergen, and it's just a beautiful country. People are just great in Scandinavia. Um, I wouldn't mind traveling uh, also to Helsinki, Finland. Even though I don't know if Finland is technically a Scandinavian country, a lot of um, Russian influence. And also Estonia, which is one of the Baltic states, I um, I have no problem traveling uh, there as well. And um, I think my European trip will be consist of, m- as of now, mostly some Norway, mostly Stockholm, Sweden, and uh, a week in Denmark. And I think I will add a couple of dates in Netherlands, Germany. And I might even go to Italy, and I would like to check out Rome. And uh, I think that's it. I think I'm also stuck in 10 hours in Moscow, Russia. I don't know what you do for 10 hours, but um, that's it. Uh, uh, One last thing before I go. I I don't know quite sure um, if I'm going to continue doing the show um, I, I, I've been catching myself recently just doing podcast episodes for sake of just filling up every Monday. And I, I don't know if I just do, I don't know if I want to talk to someone just for sake of just trying to fill that hour. So I, I have to make a tough decision whether to continue or stop or um, periodically put stuff off whenever I, I you know, I, I, I do a conversation with someone I want to do it because I want to do it not because I feel like I'm forced to fill up the hours so I'm not quite sure exactly why I think at this point I probably have between 20 to 25 episodes in can um, that's roughly I don't know four or five months so sometime early next year I'll, I'll make a decision whether to stop it doing the podcast or continue on just 
force myself to fill up the hours or just do it periodically whenever I do it for fun. And uh, I'm, I'm more inclined to think the latter. I just think I just want to do it when I want to do it, when I need someone that it's, it'll be fun and not not make a job out of it. So um, I want to thank my friends in Hawaii who uh, you know, uh, continuously <laughs> support the show, donating, and you know who you are in Hawaii. And uh, I want to thank my friends in St. Helena. They've been so uh, helpful to this show. And um, when I do come back next year, I'm coming back about a time about close to two-year anniversary of losing my job. So I have, uh, when I get back, I have to make um, some... Uh, decision to make whether um, um, get a, just a shitty regular job or maybe move to another country. So anyway, thanks for listening. Um, I, I wish I would have done a better job the first half. I, I, I apologize. It has nothing to do with Allison. I just didn't time it right. So hopefully when I have a chance, I would like to talk to more about the trips that we, I've done last two years after losing my job. Anyway, thanks for listening to the episode. And uh, please support Allison. And uh, support her by helping her look for a, a, a job or voice work or music work. And, and uh, I think she's looking for a band. Anyway, thanks for listening. And I hope you guys continue to listen to this show or however many shows I have left for you guys. All right, thanks. Bye.